Welcome to AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. Each week, we deliver informative health and wellness topics you want to know about, so be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast channel. And if you have any questions about content discussed in this episode, ask them at AFSPA Live, our live Q&A session streaming every last Thursday of the month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on youtube.com slash AFSPACares. Now here's your host, Chief Operating Officer, Kyle Longton. Hi, and welcome to another episode of AFSPA Talks. I'm your host, Kyle Longton, and it's September. That means it's still Life Insurance Awareness Month. And before we get any further, I want to remind you to mark your calendar for 11 a.m. Eastern Time this Thursday, September 29th, for AFSPA Live. I will have an expert alongside me, and we'll be there to answer your questions about life insurance and more. Now, for this week's episode, as we did last week, we're taking a broader view of ways you can provide security and surety for your loved ones. So today, AFSPA talks federal retirement planning. Now, last week, we touched just a little bit um, on the differences between retirement planning for those in the private sector versus federal employees. Actually, I guess it was a bit more than just a little bit. Uh, but this week, we're actually going to dive deeper into the specific retirement planning, not just financial planning, but retirement planning aspects. We have an expert who is used to breaking things down for feds, and she's going to give us a preview of that process today with a little bit of a focus on life insurance. Our guest is Tammy Flanagan, founder and principal retirement specialist with Retire Federal. Her name and work likely are familiar to many of you, but just in case, here is a quick overview of what she does and who she is. Tammy Flanagan has been providing retirement planning assistance to federal employees since 1985 when she first began her work as a retirement benefits specialist at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Her extensive knowledge of the federal benefit system and her ability to explain difficult concepts in an easy-to-understand manner has made her a sought-after speaker and presenter at pre-retirement seminars, training conferences, and online training events. Throughout her career, she has also enjoyed assisting individual employees by providing guidance and pre-retirement benefits counseling. You can contact Tammy's team and find individual retirement and pre-retirement counseling services at retirefederal.com. Ms. Flanagan is the Senior Benefits Director for the National Institute of Transition Planning, Incorporated, which has been conducting pre-retirement seminars and workshops throughout the Washington, D.C. area and beyond since 1987. Since 2006, Tammy has authored the popular weekly retirement planning column for Government Executive Online Magazine. More than 250,000 subscribers have learned how to prepare for a smooth transition to retirement through this regular feature. Tammy has been a member of the National Active and Retired Federal Employees Association since 1988. In 2015, she engaged with NARFI to provide training through the NARFI Federal Benefits Institute that was implemented in that same year. NARFI provides many valuable services to federal employees and retirees through the membership. Ms. Flanagan is a frequent co-host of the For Your Benefit radio program that is heard on federal news radio. This hour-long broadcast um, are archived online and heard live on Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And coming up this fall, actually, our CEO, Paula Jacob, will be joining her once again for one of those broadcasts. Tampi was honored to have been selected as one of Money Magazine's Money Heroes of 2012 for the service that she provides to help federal employees prepare for life after retirement. 
In 2015, Ms. Flanagan became certified in long-term care insurance and has conducted webinars and live events for the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program. Her webinars can be found archived at ltcfeds.com. Finally, through her relationship with Micah Shalansky, CFP, Tammy's newest endeavor is a popular podcast that she co-hosts with Micah called Plan Your Federal Retirement. Without any further ado, let's get to Tammy's expertise. Tammy, welcome to ASPA Talks. Thanks, Kyle. It's really great to be here, and I'm happy to get together with you today to talk to your audience, and maybe we can all learn something new. I guarantee that I am going to learn something new, and I think that goes for most of our listeners. So just full disclosure, I am coming at this, at the whole idea of federal retirement planning, you know, from the outside, not a federal employee, but also just as a complete blank slate. I know that there was an old system and there's a new system, but I think even now the new system is like 40 years old. That's right. Um, we still call it the new system, but you're yeah. right. It was it was implemented in the 1980s, so it's it's getting getting up there in years. Excellent. Well, okay. Um, and I, 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 my knowledge of of TLAs, those those three letter acronyms, extends as far as TSP, and that's about <laughs> it. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Um, for you, your beginning um, in, in this area, you started out as a federal employee at the FBI. You're helping right. colleagues with retirement planning? I did. Yeah, I was um, considered a retirement counselor back in those days. So, it, but it seems like that that experience maybe led you to recognize that there was a, a, a need for this elsewhere. So is that sort of what pushed you to create Retire Federal and, and go broader with your expertise? Yeah, it's kind of a, a story in the making, because like you said, I worked for the FBI, for the Bureau, as we called it back in the 80s. And I was t- taking the job as a retirement specialist or retirement counselor. And right when I took the job, we went through the first transition from the old system to the new one. And we, of course, had to explain things to our employees in large groups because we had over 25,000 employees. So they threw me in front of the auditorium and got 300 people at a time. And I got learning how to do public speaking by <laughs> fire. <laughs> I was only in my 20s back then and not a very comfortable speaker by any means. So then I started a family at the same time, and I decided it's time to take a break because we were working overtime, let alone just 40 hours a week. So I stayed home with the kids, which was going to be for a few years, ended up being for till now. I never did go back to federal service because there became a need for me to go out and do other types of training for pre-retirement planning, mid-career planning and so forth, because, you know, some agencies didn't have people to speak to their employees or didn't have the expertise or experience. So I went out and did that kind of work for a few different outfits for management concepts for the grad school. And eventually, I worked exclusively, exclusively for the National Institute of Transition Planning, which I did up until 2015. That's when my husband retired, and we moved to Florida. And I decided to return to my roots of being a retirement counselor because I knew there was a need. You know, every seminar I taught, people would say, hey, do you do this on your own? And we need someone to ask questions to, to bounce off our decisions, to see what's the pros and cons of making different life choices when it comes time to retire. So I knew there was a need for someone like myself to be able to counsel people in a way that helped them understand these really important decisions. I didn't want to make decisions for anybody, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to give them the knowledge that they needed to really evaluate their choices. 
because I saw so many people making choices that I thought if they really knew what they were doing, they might have chose something different. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like that's what my niche was, was to really fit that need. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not an accountant. I'm a benefits person, you know, like the person you should be able to go to at your agency. I know the State Department has uh, retirement specialists who are very well equipped and very experienced. But, you know, not everybody has that. And not everybody has someone who can take the time with them. You know, I'll sometimes spend six hours with one client just reviewing everything and understanding what it is they need to know. And then meeting with them for an hour, two hours, sometimes even longer to really make sure they understand what they're getting into and what decisions they have to, to, to make as they move forward. So, and I think you've touched on this in a lot of different ways. You know, the work that you and your colleagues at Retire Federal do now, what does it encompass? Is it just looking at somebody's TSP? Is it uh, a full, you know, fully encompassing of, of health, life, long-term care insurance, pensions, Old system, new system, if anybody out there still has the old system, things like that. What what are we talking about? Well, what I find is there is no cookie cutter type of thing. So I do have an outline. I have a spreadsheet that I use as the basis for every consultation. But for some people, it's just a matter of understanding how Medicare works with federal health benefits. For another client, it might be someone mid-career who's thinking about leaving government service and not sure what they're leaving behind, how it's going to be if they come back to the government. So answering those kinds of questions. Um, The bulk of our clients are pre-retirement. So we do a full scale pre-retirement consultation where we go over the basic FERS benefit, social security, TSP, insurance, answer any questions they might have, any specific issues, whether it's a divorce decree, whether it's part-time service, you know, everybody has some little nuance that makes their situation different from everybody else's. And so we really pride ourselves in being able to find solutions to problems, uh, be able to work out um, answers to hard to find questions, you know, hard to, hard to answer questions for people. So we work with them until they feel satisfied that they have what they need to move forward. That is extremely helpful, and especially to know that a lot of people are coming to you pre-retirement. Is there like a wrong time to come to you? It sounds like you all can sort of help people at any point in their careers. They're considering their options, but is there a time where you would say, you know, like, look, you've been on the job for two weeks. Um, give it some time. <laughs> oh, I would love somebody to come come to us who's only been on the job two weeks, and we can help them avoid the mistakes that most of our clients find themselves facing. You know, it's, it's always the case that whenever something goes wrong, that's when you call out for help. Mm-hmm. And you only wish that person would have reached out to you five years ago before they had this problem. You, know, We could have intervened. We could have saw around the corner to help them avoid it. But in many cases, it it is that situation where they find themselves in a predicament and we try to find them a way out or another solution or some way to solve whatever the issue is. And we do that a lot, you know, as far as problem solving, where somebody's facing an issue, whether it's with the Office of Personnel Management, not understanding a letter that they got or some decision that they're facing, or even Social Security, and sometimes even with the Thrift Savings Plan. Although I have to say, the TSP is probably the least of our work, because a lot of that is really tax planning, financial planning, which is out of our wheelhouse. We really focus on that basic benefit social security and insurance, you know, insurance is a big part of the retirement planning. All right. Well, that I, I feel like you 
are just setting me up perfectly for a little bit of a transition because hoping that, you know, as we shift gears a little bit, we could use this as an opportunity for you to demonstrate some of your expertise Mm -hmm. in life insurance, um, particularly the Federal Employees Group Life Insurance or FEGLI program. Um, We get questions about this when we talk with new hires who are looking at um, health insurance and dental and vision. They ask us about FEGLI and uh, my boss, Paul, and I, we steer away from that. It's outside Mm -hmm. of our area, but it's also can, can, on the surface, appear to be very confusing. There's A, B, C, there's different options. There's um, different, there's more three-letter acronyms within that program, <laughs> which I had to look up. Um, so, and I also noticed in terms of looking things up that the official OPM handbook on Fegley is over 200 pages. It sure um, is. <laughs> so we've got, you know, we've got time. Uh, if you can go ahead and, no, I'm kidding. Not the whole program. I'm wondering if you could just, Give us an overview, talk through some of the different parts and options, or even hit on some of the most common questions you hear about Fegley. Sure, I'd love to. Um, Yeah, Fegley is definitely a part of retirement planning because it's something that has followed a federal employee from the day they were hired until the day they pass away, literally, because our government life insurance, federal employees group life insurance, which is the acronym Fegley, that's insurance, at least the basic FEGLI is insurance that you are automatically enrolled in as a new federal employee. So once you get retirement coverage, you get basic FEGLI. And the basic FEGLI is nice because number one, it's based on your salary rounded up to the next thousand plus 2000. So every time you get a pay increase, the amount of your life insurance goes up with no underwriting, no questions about your health. So every time you get a better pay rate, you get a little more life insurance. And even when you're first enrolled, no one's asking you how's your health. They just say, here's your insurance for you. You get, you have this. And the cost of basic Fegley for a young employee coming on board in their 20s is kind of expensive. It's 16 cents per thousand biweekly. So for younger employees, they get a double death benefit, I guess is what they call it, which means, you know, heaven forbid somebody in their 20s or early 30s passed away the benefit would pay double their salary plus 2000 So they're only paying for one times their salary, but the double death benefit provides twice. Then between 35 and 45, that double death benefit reduces 10% a year until they're 45. And then from that point forward, it's their salary plus 2000 as time goes on. And that basic insurance, that just the basic part of it, which I'm just now talking about, that follows them into retirement. So once they retire, they can continue that coverage until they're 65 and retired at the same price. So that doesn't change price, doesn't go up. It doesn't increase in value anymore because of course they're no longer getting pay increases, but it's valued at their salary on the last day they worked. Now, if they just let it reduce after they're retired and over 65, they'll still keep 25% of it free of charge. So if their final pay rate, let's say was 97,500, you round that up to 98,000, add 2,000. So that employee's retiring with $100,000 worth of basic life. If they're 60 years old, they'll keep that coverage at, you know, it's 16 cents biweekly, it's 34.67 cents per thousand monthly. So it's about $34 a month, $35 a month for 100,000. And then once they're 65 and retired, it's free. And they'll it'll reduce a little bit at a time, 2% a, a year, 2% a month, I should say, for about three years. 
they're going to be left with one fourth of that original benefit. So in that example, that have $25,000 for as long as they live, which we sometimes jokingly refer to as their burial benefit or funeral coverage, because you hope that it's enough to cover those final expenses. So that's the basic life. Now, the employees are also offered optional coverage. Now, the first option, if you if you hear what it is, you're going to think, well, what is with that? Because it's $10,000 worth of additional coverage. So you have that basic coverage, Okay. And then option A or the standard option gives you another 10 grand, which today in 2022, I don't think $10,000 is very much life insurance in terms of, you know, helping to cover final expenses, let alone paying off a mortgage. Right. But option A has been around since 1968 and it's never changed. So if you went back to 1968, that might be two times your salary back then. Today, it's $10,000. So if you have that, fine. If you don't, not a big deal because, like I said, it's not much coverage. It's going to cost you anywhere from twenty cents to six dollars out of your paycheck, depending on your age. That one does go up every five years with your age, and then once you're retired, that ten thousand dollars is going to continue until you're sixty-five and retired. The later of the two is when it's free, and then it also reduces, just like the basic two percent a month, until it reduces to twenty-five hundred. So if you have it, you get an extra twenty-five hundred. The one you got to watch out for, the one that employees tend to complain about is option B. Okay. Is option B allows you to elect up to five multiples of your salary. So with that example of you know somebody with a salary of 97,500, let me get out my, <laughs> my little calculator here, 97,500 would round that up to 98,000 to the nearest thousand times five, that person could have almost $500,000 worth of additional life insurance. That's on top of that basic coverage. And when you're younger, when you're under age 35, it's only costing you two cents per thousand biweekly, which is cheap, but you might even get that cheaper in a private term policy. So it's not necessarily the best deal in town for everybody. And every five years, as you get older, that two cents goes to three to six to 10 cents to 18 to 40 And before you know it, it's up to 48 cents per thousand at age 65. So it does get compounded more expensive as time goes on because the odds are in the employee's favor more so than the insurance company when you're in those later years. So if you want to maintain it, you'll keep paying those escalating prices. And I guess, you know, for someone who's not otherwise insurable, maybe somebody with some pre-existing health problems, you can't get insurance you know, in some cases. So you can get this regardless of your health when you're first hired. So an older employee coming on board who's not otherwise insurable, this could be wonderful for them to be able to protect their family, to protect their spouse if you know something should happen to them. But for an employee who's in good health, who doesn't work in a war zone, who's not a race car driver, who doesn't have that you know, lifestyle that might cause them to pay higher rates for life insurance, We tell people, you know, you can shop around because this is nothing magic. The government doesn't contribute to option B. The best part of it is it pays for no matter how you die. And it also provides coverage for every federal employee, regardless of their health when they're first eligible. Now, the other time you can get Fegley outside of when you're first hired is when there's an open enrollment, which is very rare. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, I think, five or six. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. I was going to say there was only, I think, five or six open enrollments since 1954. So they don't happen very often. 
So this is different from the annual open enrollment for health, dental, and vision. That's and, right. Okay, good. Yep. Yeah, okay. Right. And and um, I don't even remember when the last open enrollment was. Was it even this century? Yeah, it was in 2016. So it wasn't okay. that long wasn't that ago. Long ago. Okay. Uh-uh. And, and the last two open enrollments that I can remember, even though there's no underwriting during an open enrollment, they don't ask you questions about your health. There's what I call sneaky underwriting, which means that the open enrollment was held in 2016 in the month of September, but you had to still be alive in October of 2017 because that's when the coverage took effect. So I think the insurance company was thinking, okay, if they're not terminally ill, we'll insure them starting next year. So that um, <clears throat> provided a little bit of protection on the insurance yeah. side of it. <laughs> yep, I like the the sneaky underwriting. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we've seen plans that we've launched in the past where they were paying claims on the very first day um, mm-hmm. that life that it came into effect. So that's um, that was a way to guard <laughs> against things. Absolutely, a little bit. That's right. Um, so that's option B. And, and that, again, you can carry that into retirement. Now, when I say continue this insurance in retirement, you do have to meet two conditions. So first of all, you have to be eligible for what's called an immediate retirement, which means it's going to start within 30 days of you leaving the government. And it has to be an unreduced retirement. So it can't be one that's reduced for age Uh, We call it MRA plus 10, minimum retirement age plus 10 under FERS. Those employees, uh, you know, they can keep it if they start the benefit immediately or if they postpone it. But a deferred retirement is not eligible. So this is somebody who, let's say you have 20 years of service, but you're only 42 years old and you leave the federal service at age 42. Well, you're going to be leaving your insurance behind because you're not eligible for an immediate retirement that young. And with Fegley, you can convert that to a private policy. So you wouldn't have to pass underwriting, but it becomes whole life. And I know you know this much about life insurance. Whole life is very expensive. And so there's no guarantee about the price, but you can get the policy. So again, for somebody who's not insurable, that allows them to convert that to an individual policy if they leave and don't want to continue the coverage as term insurance. Because Fegley is really no cash value. It's a a type of term uh, coverage. And then besides options A and B, they also have an option for family coverage. Okay. And and they call that option C, additional coverage for family. And this not much coverage. It's uh, as much as $25,000 for your spouse and up to $12,500 for each of your children. That's all combined as a family benefit. And it's not that expensive because it's not much coverage. But if you have, let's say your spouse is not insurable and has no life insurance, this would be a way to provide it again, nothing more than kind of final expense or funeral coverage in this case. But yeah, that's that's what Fegley is. You know, it's, it's the basic plus these three options. And I always point out, you know, before somebody ever would cancel Fegley, you know, some people think, well, I'll just go out and buy private insurance or get a term policy get the policy first, you know, make sure you're insurable, make sure you know what it's going to cost and what the coverage really is. And then if you want to cancel, maybe option B, keep your basic Fegley, go ahead and do that. I I usually don't recommend canceling basic because you're getting that government contribution. It has that free coverage if once you retire and you're over 65. And it also has something called a living benefit. 
And the living benefit means that somebody who gets that dreaded diagnosis where the doctor says, you know, it's not years, it's months or maybe weeks you have left, you can become your own beneficiary. Mm. It's, um, it's, I don't know if you've ever heard of viatical trust firms yeah. that came about during the AIDS crisis. This was in answer to that, because what a horrible job to have where you invest in somebody who's dying and you buy their life insurance, knowing that they're going to die and you make a profit. So Fegley wanted to avoid people trying to do that with their Fegley policy. So that's where that living benefit came from. So you can contact the office of Fegley if you've got that diagnosis and become essentially become your own beneficiary on the basic. Okay. All right. Sounds very similar, um, but maybe even a bit more generous, at least in terms of percentage to some of the advanced benefit options that we see in some of the new plans that are, are coming to market in the life insurance space. Right. Right. There, I think there's a small fee. Um, but other than that, there's, you know, you're not selling it to an investor. You're yeah. the insurance companies paying you. Okay. Well, Tammy, that um, I'm going to go back and listen to that at half speed. <laughs> um, and I will, I will be able to answer my own basic questions about Fagley, um, but I will still point anybody who has those questions in your direction um, or to their, their benefits folks at their, their office. But um, uh, I really appreciate you sharing sort of just one aspect of your and your team's expertise. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask, cause you touched on this, but I want to make sure we, we sort of summarize it. And a consultation with you is, is comprehensive. Um, it sounds like in you and your team or whoever they're meeting with, you're putting the time in to research their needs. You're spending the time to sit with them. So is it fair to say, you know, this is a, this is a one size fits you process. It is not a one size fits all. You're, you're really investing the time in that individual's needs. Is that right? Yeah, we do what we call comprehensive pre-retirement consultations, which like you said, we gather all the documents. We don't take your word for anything. If we can help it, we always <laughs> say, send us your SF fifties or send us the estimate that your agency gave you as much as we can get in writing it's better because you provide us that information because sometimes you'll say something, you know, that you think is true, but you know, once we see the document, we're like, Oh no, you know, you're really under civil service offset, not CSRS or whatever. So we always gather all the documents because we don't have access to your personnel folder, but we know what we need. So we tell you what to make copies of and send it to us. That gives us a chance to get to know you before we meet you. So we go through everything, we point out, you know, we're looking for those little nuances of things that might need to be addressed. Uh, We get a list of questions from our clients so that we make sure we answer the specific things you want to know. But we always try to find the things that you need to know that you didn't know to ask about. That's always when we feel like we've hit the mark, you know, oh, I didn't know I needed that, or I didn't know that was even an issue. So we get to that and then we'll meet with you usually like we're meeting today on a Zoom call or some type okay. of um, video call and we'll go through everything. You know, we come up with our conclusions, the answers to their questions. We even provide them a spreadsheet comparing their net income while they're working to what that income is going to look like after taxes and insurance are withheld in retirement. So they can see, is there going to be a deficit? Is there going to be an overage? You know, I love it when somebody has more money in retirement than they have while they're working. And you'd be surprised how often that actually happens. So I, I love those cases. But yeah, we really spend as much time as it takes. Um, you know, All of us try to only handle one client a day. 
that's max. In fact, I'll only do two or three a week because it is so time consuming and we really want to put the time into it. So we're very, um, I guess we're thorough. Yeah. And then I mean, we also do single topics. Like we might have someone who only wants to know about the Medicare decision you know, do, to be or not to be, do I need Medicare part B and what happens if I don't take it? What happens if I do? So we go through those types of single topic questions that can be very comprehensive. You know, it's that one question, but boy, is it a long answer to that question? <laughs> I, I know that question very well. I, I don't talk about the financial aspect, but I know about that that question very well. Absolutely. Yep. Um, well, and so is it fair to say then also that this is sort of like a, this is a one-time meeting, maybe two times that you're meeting with a client just to, to give them results, as you said, of your research and, and conclusions and so forth? Usually, I mean, I always thought, you know, it would be a one shot deal. Like we review everything, we meet with you, we give you a to do list, a resource list and see you later. But I'm finding more and more because we've been doing this now, like I said, for about seven or eight years. And I'm getting repeat customers. They they said, hey, my you helped my husband, you know, three years ago. Now it's my turn to retire. I want to meet with you. Or um, you know, I retired three years ago and now I'm facing the Medicare decision. Can you help me? So yeah, we do get repeat customers, whether it's you know a follow-up question or whether it's a full single topic consultation, depending on what they need. But we're always open to hear from our past clients. And if we can help them briefly, we do that at no charge. But if they need you know the real uh, help of something really difficult, then we we take them on as a client a second time around. Of course. Well, Tammy, at the you know at the end of the episode and in our show notes, we'll include information about how people can contact you and schedule a comp- consultation. But before we wrap up, um, in what has been an incredibly informative um, you know half hour for me, <laughs> do you have any parting thoughts or advice for our listeners? Well, I think for everybody working in the government to understand the value of these benefits that you have, I mean. If you tried to put a price tag on the value of a FERS basic benefit, you would be surprised to know that that present value could be worth well over a million to $2 million if you had to save up the money for it. So anybody who's thinking about, I always say, jumping ship before they're eligible to retire, you know, you get fed up, you know, got a new boss, got a new rule, got something I don't like, or got called back from teleworking, you know, try to hang in there till you're eligible to keep your insurance benefits and collect that immediate retirement because it's it's like gold. You know, I've done some estimates of, for people just waiting two more years, how much of a big difference that can make. So be sure you know what you're getting into before you, you sign that form to say you're leaving the end of the month. Excellent. I think that is excellent um, advice and a great place to end. So Tammy Flanagan, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Kyle. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed being here. To learn more about Tammy Flanagan and the work she does at Retire Federal, please visit the website retirefederal.com. In addition to this podcast, you also can subscribe to Tammy's other podcasts. Search for Plan Your Federal Retirement wherever you listen. This has been ASPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. All information offered in this podcast is meant to be educational. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own and do not necessarily represent AFSPA. Should there be any discrepancy between information offered in this podcast and official plan documents for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan or the other products offered by AFSPA, the policy provisions will prevail. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to AFSPA Talks to catch our next episode. Please rate, 
and review us on your favorite podcast app and share your feedback with us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Search for at Aspa Cares. I'll see you Thursday for Aspa Live.